Well, good evening. Um, so we are carrying on in our I Am series. We've already looked at, uh, earlier on in the year, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth and the life. And tonight we come to this famous passage, which I'm sure many of you will have read many times. I am the vine. Jesus telling us something about himself, that I am the vine. And tonight we're just going to unpack what does it say in this passage? What does it tell us? about the character of Jesus and how should we respond. We're going to very much focus on um, uh, the word remain or abide. So um, if you read this in an older translation, it talks about abiding in Christ. And I think some of, Jamie, thank you so much for sharing. What you were telling us about is when we go away from Christ, but we come back and we're in him, it changes who we are. So maybe hold that test in me that we just heard in your mind as we work through this this evening. So I'm going to give you permission to get your phones out if you want to uh, follow uh, this passage as we go through. I'm sure you've probably all got the Bible app somewhere on your phone. Or if you're more traditional, somebody got, yeah, look, brought, the, brought your Bibles with you. That's um, uh, fantastic. So we're going to be looking at John 15. And just to give us a bit of context about where this, this saying of Jesus, I am, comes... The Sunday before, he says, uh, I am the vine, is when he's uh, ridden in on a donkey. Palm Sunday, we celebrate that. Palms are waving. He's, he's denoted as the king. He's, he's probably on a high. His followers certainly around him will be, be praising, will be worshipping, will be saying, this is the king. They want to be in that crowd. They want to be in that part. But we know as this week goes on, we start seeing as it gets towards Good Friday, um, how this week is going to end. And this passage falls um, after the Last Supper on Thursday. So we've had him riding into Jerusalem on a donkey on a Sunday. We've had various teachings across that week. And if you skip back a few pages uh, in John, you'll see that he uh, is washing, washing the disciples' feet and he is uh, being anointed. But in between that, we see that Jesus is starting to predict that he's going to die, that he's going to be betrayed. If we look through John 12, if we look through John 13, John 14, he's starting to comfort his disciples and uh, he's promising the Holy Spirit. And we get to this point that he has uh, the Last Supper with his friends. And as he's there with his friends, he points out, and they're probably still on a high by this point, that one of them is going to betray him. And it must have been quite hard if you were one of those that were sitting there. You spent three years with this this person, this person that calls themselves Jesus, and uh, you've been alongside them and you've been in that teaching. And as, you've, uh, as you're sitting there, he points out that one of you is going to betray him. And he's trying to get across that he's not going to be here, that Friday's coming. It's going to be Good Friday the following day. And so they finish supper, they've broken bread. He's, he's tried to tell them what's going to happen I don't know if you read through the scriptures that they're really getting it. I don't think they really understood what was going to happen when it got uh, to Good Friday. But they leave the upper room and they go for a walk. Jesus takes them on a walk um, up to the Garden of Gethsemane. And it's here on this walk that this saying, I am the true vine, comes. It might be as they were walking down this road, I like to think this, that they walked past a vine that they'd have seen the trees up with the grapes along the side. And then Jesus breaks out and says this parable or saying, I am. So let's read it through. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. 
He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. For no greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. So there, can you feel it? They're on a walk and Jesus is passing this vine and he comes out to say, I am the vine, you are the branches. And he's trying to allude to this fact that he's going to be crucified the following day. And one good way of looking at scripture, if you want to see what the emphasis is coming through the passage, is when words are repeated, it's usually that the authors are putting in there um, uh, for, uh, for a sense of meaning. There's two words that really stand out in there, which two words come up a lot. Remain. I am. Vine. In. Fruit is the other one. So look how many times remain appears in yellow. Remain in me, remain in the vine, remain in me, remain in me, remain in you, remain, remain, remain. So as I said in the older translation, this word would be abide, it means being in. Look how often the word remain occurs. And the other word fruit comes up a lot. There are other words that come up a lot, but this word fruit. So we've got this concept here of remaining in Christ and bearing fruit. And that's what I feel we need to look at and take on board from this passage this evening. Jesus gives us a picture in this passage of the fruit. A vine that's bearing many grapes. And what we know about this is that you need to be attached to the vine if you are going to be bearing that fruit. And this tells us something about God. God doesn't need the branches. God is the root. But the fruit on the end definitely needs God. If you're removed, if we took the grapes off of the branch and just left them here on the side, what would happen? They turn into raisins. But they uh, they shrivel up, don't they? They 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 you're taking away the nutrients. And so I think what Jesus was saying in this passage is that you absolutely need to abide, that you need to remain. And I think he's doing this at this critical time because he's about to be crucified. They've been together for all three years, and Jesus, being very wise, being God, knows what humans are like. And what humans are like is they they tend to be quite good 
um, when, we're, when we're together. But when you're removed from something, things change. Uh, so uh, I'm a, a paramedic by training. That's my, um, my base profession. I don't do much of that anymore. But uh, that's, that's what I used to do. And uh, a, a number of years into my career, I started becoming a paramedic trainer uh, or an educator. So I did teaching in the classroom, telling uh, new people, joining the profession, how to do it properly. And I spent time out uh, on an ambulance uh, teaching them how to do it in practice. So uh, you'd go through your initial training, then you'd come out on a, uh, an ambulance with someone like myself uh, who would take you through that. And very much this was, I would say, a bit like... Uh, Jesus, he'd been spending three years with these disciples. He'd been teaching them. He'd have been alongside them. He'd been showing them how to do it. He'd been showing them how to do miracles. He'd been showing them uh, how to speak. And uh, he, he's getting to this point now where he's not going to be here anymore. And being quite wise, he's saying, you need to remain. You need to abide in me. And this used to happen with my students. So uh, I would look after them for a period of time and then would become a point that they were allowed to go off with other paramedics. Now, without... Um, denigrating my profession, not all paramedics are the same. Um, and uh, what you're taught to do by an educator and what you might actually be doing in practice is different. So what would happen is uh, my students would have spent uh, a number of months with me, uh, then they would go off, uh, spend a couple of weeks, and often then I would do another shift with them. So they would come back and do it. And we would go out and we would visit a patient, and they might be doing something, and I would stop either at the time, but quite often afterwards when we would be reflecting on the patient, we'd just say, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And they'd say, oh, well, I was showing this technique by someone else. But what they'd done is they'd stopped abiding in me and remaining in the way I had been teaching, teaching them to be a paramedic. They decided that they knew best that the person that they were, because I'm over here, I'm off doing other stuff. They'd gone off with some other paramedic or um, technician, and they decided there's an easier way to do it. And I think this is what Jesus is starting to realise in this passage, that he's not going to be here, although he talks about the Holy Spirit coming, that actually the three years where they've been walking together, he's not going to be there anymore. The following day, he's going to get crucified. They're going to be on their own. And what he's teaching in this passage is that you need to remain in there. Think about his sayings. Think about his words. Think about what he was showing you how to live by. And much like me as a paramedic, um, I think we need to keep repeating that and then encouraging um, our students to, to come back to that. And what is it that you get when you remain in Christ? Well, we see here in John uh, 15, so partway through this passage in verse 8, it says, This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit. We see that word again, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And so what you get is showing much fruit. And without uh, drawing too many similarities to parameters, I think what, you, what I noticed is that students that stayed close to the teachings uh, were the ones that glorified the way that they'd been taught. And those that went off and started doing other stuff and dabbled weren't the image of what they'd been taught when they were educated. And this is what we see here. We see that Jesus is saying, it's to my Father's glory, it's to the way it should be. If you abide in me, if you remain in me, then you will bear much fruit to my Father's glory. And so this concept of abiding is, is really important. Being rooted in Jesus. God can live without man, but man cannot live without God. And so as we think through our lives, staying close to Jesus is really important. And this passage tells us 
some of how we might uh, be fruitful, but what do we need to do to remain in Christ? As those temptations come, as we're moved away uh, from being rooted, and we see those um, things that come along that, that, that tempt us, that encourage us to do things that aren't the way that Jesus has been teaching us. And we see here this concept of my father is the gardener. And if we read through these verses, you'll see that there's a whole load of cleansing that goes on. So the question you need to ask yourself, and maybe ask yourself this evening is, is there some cleansing that needs to be done? He cuts out the bits that aren't doing so well. Now there's a bit of theological controversy here about this passage and whether or not that this means that some people are completely cut off and it talks about being cast away. But actually when this um, passage would have occurred, we we know that it would have been spring, which is um, because it matches up with Passover. And uh, I don't grow grapes myself. Don't know that you can do that in this country. Maybe you can. Anyone grow grapes? Chris grows grapes. Excellent. So Chris will know all about this. So uh, if you grow, grow grapes, there's two seasons. There's the spring season and then there's the autumn season. And when you do your pruning, you do it differently depending on the two seasons. So in the spring, what you do when it talks about gardening and cutting out is actually you look for the bits that are not uh, blooming as well as they should be. And you cut bits off and then you raise them up and you lift them up so that over the summer period, those bits bloom and they produce many fruits. And when you get to the autumn, that's the point that you go a bit mad and you cut all of it off and, and, and throw it away. So what we know here is Jesus will have been giving this passage, uh, giving this saying uh, during the spring. And those who will have understood about vines and branches will know that when he talks about uh, pruning and cutting back, what it was actually trying to do was raise up those, those bits that looked a bit withered that, so that they had the best chance. And so maybe this evening, one of the challenges for you and for myself is, are are we feeling a bit withered? Are there some bits of our lives that need a bit of cutting back so that we can be lifted up and so we can bear much fruit? It goes on in this passage then to say, well, uh, if you are attached, if you're part of this, this vine, what is it that you'll be doing? And Jesus makes this really, really simple. Um, He gets away with uh, all of the law that's gone before, the the many uh, commandments and all of the extra bits that go on top of the commandments and all of the rules that are put in place and says, really, there's only two things, that you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. And you need to love your neighbour as yourself. For there is no other commandment greater than these. Sounds really easy, doesn't it? Love God and love others. So you're rooted in, in Christ. Uh, you're inside here. You're, you're, you're tight to him. And then all you've got to do is, is continue loving him and love others. Well, this is really difficult, isn't it? We, it, it this will be difficult tomorrow morning when you, uh, when you go to work, when you go to school, when you go to college. Because we're dragged into a world where around us bad things are happening And to continue uh, loving God and especially loving others when they may be hurting us, when they may be being cruel to us, when they may be being abusive, is really, really tough. And so although he makes it easy, we see here that what Jesus is saying is, you come close to me, you'll fill me with, he says, he'll fill you with his spirit. That's what he's alluding to as as he moves on to be crucified, that there's a time coming where he will be with us forever. 
And if we can do that, then we can love God and we can love others. But to do that, we must remain in him, that we must be in Christ. And so this tells us what it might look like. And I think this is a good challenge for us, because when we think about uh, the end of the day, and maybe, maybe an encouragement to reflect when we get to the end of the day, well, how has it looked? How has it looked to other people who've been uh, looking on at us? Have we been bearing that fruit? Are we a branch that has got fruit bearing on, on, in, in abundance? And we see this from Galatians 5, where it tells us that the, the fruits of the Spirit are love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And when we go back to that thinking of, of loving others, if you're on the other receiving end of you, um, I did a leadership programme uh, a number of years ago uh, and uh, was fortunate enough to go over to Harvard and they spent a whole month telling us that what matters in leadership is how you land with other people. So, um, so how do I land with you? If you're going to say something about me, how do I land with you? I think it's a good reflection. That was obviously um, uh, not, not a Christian course, but it's a good reflection of when we are abiding in Christ... How do we land with other people? And if we land with love, joy, peace, we show goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, we clearly are rooted in Christ. And where we're not doing that, uh, maybe it is that we've got some areas that need to be changed. So what does this passage tell us? I think there is a number of challenges as we come to the end. The first is this term abide means to uh, remain, but to be in. And I think the first challenge this evening is, is, are you in Christ? Have you made that decision consciously to be in Christ? And if this evening you've come, uh, maybe you've been brought by a friend, uh, maybe you weren't quite sure, maybe as you're listening to this and maybe if we heard that passage read out, uh, you might have been one of those people walking along as Jesus was saying it and you're thinking, well, I know this and I sort of understand it, but actually I want to be in Christ, absolutely in Christ. Then this evening there's an opportunity for you to make that commitment. Maybe you are in Christ and you've been in Christ for um, a number of months, years, decades. Um, but yet when you look at the end of the day at your lives, um, you don't see all of those fruits of the Spirit coming out. And maybe it's a spring season where there's a chance for you to bring before God this evening those areas that need pruning, those areas that need cutting back so that you can be lifted up and that so you can uh, grow and become more like Christ and demonstrate this fruit. And maybe the last challenge for us this evening is around keeping those commands. So it's, it's very clear in here that they honour God. And we see, uh, if we refer to, to Hebrews, this idea that there's the fruits of the Spirit, which we've just looked at, but actually bringing fruit um, is worship to God in of itself. And therefore, by keeping his commandments, doing the things that he teaches us, going back to my paramedic analogy, if we do the same things day in, day out, if we keep his commands... Um, then that does bring joy to his heart and keeps him fruitful. So as we close this evening um, and as we move into a time of ministry, the challenge is, is, are you in Christ? Do you know him? Are you one of those attached branches? If you are an attached branch, is there a challenge for you this evening around needing pruning, around needing lifting up? And I think that, that importance about the spring season, this isn't because God wants to cut you off it's because he wants to cut parts back so that you can be more fruitful.
Or is it this evening that you're, you're challenged by those two commandments, to love God and to love others? And it's just that you need to take a, a step back and think, well, how do I land with other people? Am I keeping those commandments to bring glory to God? Shall we pray together? Lord, thank you that you came to earth to show us the way. That you gave us these I am sayings about yourself. And that on that Thursday, uh, before you knew that we as humans would crucify you, you were teaching your disciples that I am the vine. And if you abide in me, then I will look after you and you will be fruitful. And Lord, we're sorry for the times that we've moved away from that, that we have not been remaining, we've not been abiding in you. So this evening, Lord, would you challenge us? Would you challenge our hearts to see whether we are truly in you, in Christ? Would you challenge our hearts to see whether or not we are not as rooted as we should be, that there's areas of our life that need cutting back. And would you challenge us this evening to be your fruit about how we land with each other on a day-to-day basis, whether we are showing those fruits of the Spirit and whether we are bringing glory to you, our Father. Lord, would you be with us as we continue in worship now? In your precious name. Amen.